no darkness. Arise! Arise, riders of Theoden! Spears shall be shaken! Shields shall be splintered! A sword day! A red day! And the sun rises! Hello, how are you? And welcome back to Watch It Again, the podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die. As always, I'm your host, Jacob, and with me is... I'm Kat. I'm James. And over the internet, we have... Nick! Yay! <laughs> Nick's here too. He's with us. Uh, but Nick is I'm with us at a distance. You'll never get because, rid of me. Yeah, because his family's self-isolating because of COVID-19 and Nick's trapped in his house now. <laughs> oh, no! Poor Nick. No, Poor fine, Nick. fine, fine, fine. Now, as everyone would have guessed it, it's time, because James is here and everyone knows why James is here, <laughs> it is time for Lord of the Rings Return of the King, which means it's my turn to report, and let's do this! Yay! Yay! Nick looks so excited. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, he's giving the thumbs <laughs> up, so... Woo! Alright, so, first of all, James, which version did you watch? The Extended Edition. Cat. The Extended Edition. Nick. The extended edition. In Spanish or... Yeah, what, what language was yours in, Nick? Uh, the title was in Spanish, I believe, but everything else was English. That's so, okay. That's helpful. <laughs> You're lucky. That was an interesting um, version iTunes gave me, but you know. Oh, well, why not? Do I need to work out who El Aragon is? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, to kick off, this, this movie had the biggest budget of the three, coming in at $94 million. Oh, man. Yep. That's before reshoots and everything. So the total cost of the trilogy ended up coming in at about three hundred million, including mm-hmm. reshoots for this and two towers after you know initial budgets. Um, it made three hundred and seventy-seven million two hundred and seventy thousand three hundred twenty-five in the US alone. The movie or the trilogy? The movie. Yep. Which then it made more than the two towers, which made more than Fellowship. So it's one of the only like movie trilogies that each successive movie actually makes more yeah. than the one before it. A total international taking of one billion one hundred and eighteen million eight hundred and eighty eight thousand nine hundred and seventy nine dollars from the theatrical release. Holy dolly. Um good job, Peter. The theatrical version goes for two hundred minutes. The extended version that we watched goes for two hundred and sixty three. But in that two hundred and sixty three minutes in, obviously, you include credits, but there is the 10 minutes of the initial fan club names, like the charter of everyone that was there from the beginning. So, there's 10 minutes of credits of that. So, you can take the runtime down, including credits, to 253 minutes mm-hmm. if you take that bit out because 
No one watches that. I went through and looked for my last name, and there was was no one one on there. So it only really adds 51 minutes of additional footage of the movie. Only 51 Which is still, like, a considerable amount of, you know, of, like, content to be... Like, half a normal movie's worth. Yeah, Yeah, like, you know, that's almost an extra hour of movie. And, like, there is a lot in this film... Yeah, that Just is extended bit. upon. Like, if you only ever watched the theatrical version, and then you watch the extended version, you're gonna be like, "Holy shit, I missed a lot." And mm-hmm. there's some powerful like moments between different characters that happen only in extended shots. And like, I'll get into a bit later, but there were some actors that were really pissed off that some of their scenes were cut, only to later be like, "Okay, I guess it's in the extended version, so it's okay." Like, so <laughs> did the extended edition ever have a theatrical release? I. Th- think as far as I could tell they did first they had a short like special mm. release that doesn't inc- which isn't included in the takings like takings in the US and the UK okay. but pretty much everywhere else it was oh and New Zealand yeah of course but like pretty much everywhere else it was like just a like straight to DVD like special edition yeah, yeah okay still though going to the movies to watch a movie over three hours long is Imagine Massive. going to watch one that's like four hours. Yeah, <laughs> or four hours. Run out yeah. of popcorn. Yeah, like, <laughs> you need an intermission in that shit. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, where should I start? Where should I start? Where should I start? Um, I reckon I will go off with... We'll talk about awards. Okay. So, this movie... Um, was nominated for why? What? I can't hear my. Hold on, let's turn this up a second. My headphones. Now I can hear myself. That is so much better. <laughs> Alrighty, sorry everyone. Um, so this was nominated for eleven Academy Awards. That's a few. And it won eleven. <laughs> Holy <Academy> shit! <laughs> so Holy it's one shit. of the few films that has got the perfect score in which it has won every single award it was nominated for. So this included Best Picture, Director, Original Score, Adapted Screenplay, Costume Design, Film Editing, Makeup, Music, Sound Mixing, and Visual Effects. This film alone contained 1,480 VFX shots. An average movie at the time in 2003 contained 200. (laughs) So on its own, it contains a lot of VFX. Um, Weta Digital had to build a separate room off the side of their studio just for computers to render shots for this film. Oh my gosh. It pays off though. What they had just was not enough to like create what was needed. Yeah. Um, Peter Jackson said it was really weird because so the movie came out on the 17th of December, 2003. And it was a month and a bit later that the Academy Awards happened. Three weeks after that is when the film finished shooting. So the final shots for this film were done over a month after it came out in theatres and three weeks after it had won Best Picture. 
What? Because what? they were Peter Jackson was still shooting scenes for the extended edition <laughs> while this movie <laughs> was in theaters. Oh my gosh! And he said it's so, he said it was yeah, so shit. weird finishing wrapping a film that he'd already won an Oscar for Best Picture for <laughs> because like he it was done like people were out watching it and talking yeah. about it. He'd been to the premiere. I was like, okay, we're finished now. Like we've wrapped. Let's go into. Yeah, so they were still adding that content for the extended editions. Like, it's just absolutely ridiculous that, you know, this is how this was done. Um, where are we? There's another bit about Oscars here. Somewhere. No, there's not. Alright. So, oh yeah. So, on the premiere of this film... Mm-hmm. It was held in Wellington. The City of Wellington Council put on a $400,000 street party for the premiere. <laughs> so the whole town had like a full like festival for the premiere in which a quarter of the city's population, so 100,000 people, lined the streets leading to the theatre that the cast and crew came down to go to the premiere. So oh a quarter of the city's population. There was a replica like Nazgul like rider that flew over the theatre. Like, there were street parties. There were screenings happening in the street. Like, That's this crazy. was enormous. Like, it was just full-on pandemonium for a whole night. Like, the city of Wellington just became... A party. <laughs> yeah, it was a full party. Like, it's just insanity that, like, that's what they were doing. And, yeah, it, so, I guess... I'm going to ask James. Yes. What is the plot of this film? Of Return of the King. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, let me just check my notes because it's a, it's a rather long film. Well, the main plot, I suppose, is uh, with, Rohan, with the kingdom of Rohan saved from Helm's Deep at the end of Two Towers, um, the, the, the kingdoms of men must reunite with... Um, of Rohan and Gondor to stand to stand a chance against Sauron. So that's most of what we follow Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, and Gandalf with. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Frodo and Sam pass into Mordor. Uh, Smeagol finally betrays them. Uh, is it is it Smeagol or Gollum that betrays, betrays them? them um, before <laughs> they finally get to get to Mount Doom. Um, Oh, um, Mary and Pippin are also amongst the um, the fellowship at um at Minas Tirith, and then the One Ring is destroyed. And spoiler alert: four hours <laughs> and twenty minutes into the film. <laughs> Sorry, if you haven't watched uh, Return of the King yet, uh, it's a budding new film. <laughs> and then uh, we get the epilogue of where we see how our heroes react to the world becoming normal again. At the beginning of the fourth age of Middle Earth. Yes. Mm. Yes. So, um, Mick, since you're quietly yes. sitting on the TV, the computer screen over there, um, so you didn't really enjoy Fellowship that much. I did not enjoy Fellowship. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can say that with so confidence. Two Towers sort of improved a bit for you, is that right? I'd say a little bit. Came around a little bit. Yeah. So improvement. What has Return of the King done for you? Are you are you a fan now, or I want an honest opinion here. 
Okay, look, let's not go too far. I wouldn't say I'm a fan of Lord of the Rings, <laughs> but I fucking loved Return of the King. Yes! yes! <laughs> it took Come me on. two sittings because it was four fucking hours, but I, I, like, I caught myself, like, right at the beginning where you see, like, the Smeagol flashback. I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is pretty cool. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> a, a fun fact but about yeah, that um, flashback. It, it was what was that? that flashback was originally meant to be included in Two Towers, so that when you first meet Gollum, it was gonna go. It was gonna like, okay, this is Gollum. This is like you know, yeah. and then flashback, but it just didn't work. And then they're nope, like, what if it was better use in this? What if it was just like the, the introduction opening. to Return of the King? Like it's a good yeah opening. Good yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it, a. Yeah, it kind of it kind of feels strange because you go into it and you you until you see the like the um what's who who's he with who's Smeagol with the other um, Hobbit De- Deagle yeah um until you see Deagle grab the ring you're kind of like <laughs> I how am I watching Lord of the Rings like yeah. It yeah. Feels so separate to everything else yeah yeah it, it, and it, yeah and um so Andy Circus obviously plays Smeagol in this mm-hmm. scene. But it wasn't originally going to be that way. Like they held auditions for this character, and then they were like, "Nah, Andy Circus has to do it because Andy Circus is obviously He's Gollum gone. and does the voice." And like it has to be, yeah. And it wasn't until they started auditioning other actors that they went, "No, like yeah. Andy Circus has to do this," <laughs> because these, th- like the three films, obviously were all filmed at once. But like Viggo Mortensen in an interview talking about Return of the King was saying that most of the effort was going into fellowship. Most of the money was going into Fellowship. And Two Towers and Return of the King were not great in that first lot of shooting. And everything hinged on Fellowship doing well. Because if Fellowship kind of had bombed, Two Towers and Return of the King would be, be considerably different to what they are now. And they, well, they just would have had what they had, not have got the money for the reshoots, and they probably would have been straight to DVD releases. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't have got... But because Fellowship of the Ring just took the world by storm, they got all this money. So year after year, they came back and just kept shooting more and more and more and more. And the fact that there's a scene in this film where um, Gollum, Frodo and Sam are climbing the path above Minas Morgul mm. and um, Frodo and Sam have an argument and Sam's sent home so I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> and, um, and Sam's sent home. That never happens in the book. There's never any breaking of the trust. Ah. Right? But that scene was shot the reactions of Sam were shot a year apart from the reactions of Frodo. <laughs> so they had this set built in a squash court of a hotel, right? And it was there, and there was a rainy day. They're like, okay, we're going to do it. Like, we can't do what we we're meant to do, which was, I think it was something for two towers. But, like, it's there. We're going to film it. So they did all of one side first. I'm pretty sure Sean Astin's, like, Sam's side was first. Mm. So they recorded all of that across a day, right? Next day was sunny, <laughs> right? And for months, they had perfect weather for what they had planned. So they had to pay that hotel. So the people of this town had no squash for a year because <laughs> that set stayed how, as like set up in this squash court for 
a year until they had a chance to come back and film the other side. That's so Which is just insane. Like, you know, and it's such like a good, like it's a powerful scene, but it's filmed a year apart. It really, cha- like, it really improves like your appreciation for Sam. That yeah. Oh, yeah. It, but yeah, if he never, if he never gets betrayed in that way, it's, I mean, he's yeah. still heroic either way, yeah. but it's another level. The, in the book, the only point of mistrust-ish is in, um, called? Um, Silith Ungol, the tower on the other side of the pass where Frodo asks Sam for the ring back mm. and Sam hesitates. Yeah. That's the only point. But in the in the movie, Frodo kind of snatches it out of his hand. Yeah. Like Sam doesn't really give it back. Yeah. In the book, Sam hesitates but does pass it to him. So Sam does resist the temptation, the temptation of, the of the ring. Whereas in the movie, he kind of doesn't. Mm. Until like he he somewhat does, but like it's kind of a for yeah, it's not a a sole decision of his own. Well, I was wondering about that when I watched it because having heard like your descriptions of all the other characters, you know, being tempted by the ring, I wondered if that was Sam being tempted, or it almost felt like he was worrying about the way yeah. Frodo wanted it back. Yeah, he 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 he's, he's worried about Frodo, but he is that you can the temptation is there because. The ring is speaking to him, and the ring speaks to anyone that holds it. Yeah, and I guess because he had been holding it before. And he'd been holding it, you know, essentially would have been like hours. Yeah. They would have been holding it. So it would have been like talking to him the whole time. Yeah. So obviously, when someone asks for it back, it's a bit. Oh, oh. Nick, are you still there? Yeah, I've just turned my um, camera off because you guys are dropping out. Okay. Oh, no good. Um, so. Oh, that last scene that I mentioned before that was shot after mm-hmm. the theatrical release was the scene of the skulls in the Cave of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a weird scene. So that was the, yeah, it's a, it's a weird... That's a, that's a really good moment in the video game, though. Is that... <laughs> yeah. It's like escaping the cave and all the skulls coming down. That's a fun thing in the game because you just got to run and there's the skulls chasing you. <laughs> um, so I'll go through a couple of, um, I guess, little facts about the movie if you want sure so the elephant carcass that is laying next to Owen and um, Mary in mm-hmm. the battle is the largest movie prop ever built oh cool at this point at, at I think point that's from, from the article I read was written in 2018 so I assume it still holds until then damn because the thing was enormous it was massive and Peter yeah. Jackson was like I wanted it bigger <laughs> <laughs> but like it was just too hard like of they course. just couldn't um, the New Zealand the the Battle of the Black Gate was kind of the largest scale physical battle that was shot. So for a lot of the Battle of Pelennor Fields outside of Minas Tirith, they had horses and riders in motion capture suits on blue screen that they just duplicated, mm. and a, most of that battle is CG. Mm-hmm. But you can't um, tell. The Battle of the Black Gate, yeah. most of it is real. So all those orcs coming out, all the men in the field, orcs. they're actual people. They had to get the New Zealand Armed Forces in to do it. There was only one issue. The desert location they had on this like military base was covered with landmines. <laughs> like genuine landmines like everywhere. And like the military that was working with them marked out a safe area. And they're like, this This is the area where you're least likely to blow up. 
and that's where they filmed. <laughs> and Peter Jackson was like, you know, it added an extra element of danger when Viggo Mortensen or Orlando Bloom could just blow up at any second. Oh my god! This trilogy, is like, they're like, and there was a point where they're filming the Fellowship riding up to the gate, and they went too far, so they left the boundary. So our actors on the horses have rode off past the safe point by a couple of metres and everyone had to go, stop, 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 because they almost rode into a landmine field and exploded and died. Oh my it's God. a miracle Peter Jackson didn't get, get arrested. Yeah. It's yeah, a miracle that no one died. <laughs> but so many... The thing is, because these won't, weren't trained stunt performers, they were New Zealand Armed Forces, they broke so many swords and stuff because... They were they were having so much fun. They weren't holding back. <laughs> like in other stunt people, like they know how to hit someone with a sword and make it look like it's impacting, but stop the hit, so you're not breaking the props. These army guys were full going at it. A couple of them had to have their heads glued, stitches, like because like having these too are, much fun. Most of these swords were real, like metal. Mm. Like, so they hit, they were swinging them as hard as they could at each other and were genuinely hurting each other because they're like, no, nah, this is fun. So they, were just, they were genuinely going for it. And, like, in the movie, like, they're, they're, people are flying around the place because they're actually just fighting each other. Like, they're like, yeah, nah, stuff it. They're like, we can take it. Oh and there's, a couple of, there's, like, a dude had to get his head glued back together because he got hit in the back of the head with a sword, put his helmet back on, and just went back out for the next take. Oh my god! And it's like, dude, your head's glued together because you got smacked with a sword. And he's like, "Ah, be right." Uh, New Zealanders, man. They all look like like you get, there's like footage like behind the scenes stuff, and all these guys like this is like you know some of them are dressed as orc. They've got like black paint around their eyes for like the helmet goes over, and then like there's dude the dude sitting next to them dressed as a Gondor soldier, and they're just having the time of their lives. Like they're just <laughs> loving it. And it's, it's just so funny to watch them just go for it and watch like. Ian McKellen tried to like navigate his way through this actual fight <laughs> to do his like scenes and stuff, and it's just it's just carnage. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, the scene in which Sam goes, Sam, when Sheila's attacking Sam, like when that, that okay. confrontation. I'm just blocking all of that out of my mind because, <laughs> oh, yeah. because like, no, I have a genuine fear of spiders and like, I almost cried last Throughout night. Throughout the Sheila scene, I was thinking, I, have, I wonder how cats take oh, this. I have, I have notes on the spider I'm going to come to now. Oh, can I just leave the room? <laughs> so, um, the arm that's holding Frodo's sword when Sheila comes down mm. is not Sean Astin's arm. It's Peter Jackson's. <laughs> because they couldn't get the shot right and Peter Jackson's like, give it here, I'll do it myself. <laughs> so it's Peter Jackson's hand, not Sean Astin's that's holding that sword. Interesting. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Um, Elijah Wood spent four days in hospital after this se- one, part of this scene because the prop stinger that he got stung with actually stabbed him. Oh. And he required several stitches. Several stitches. Peter, what were you doing, man? Did you have a like a bloody safety unit or anything <laughs> so the, on the, this? The, the prop spring that was meant to like sting him with it went too far and, and pierced actually him. got a lot, like actually pierced Elijah Wood's skin. Oh. So when it's got the reaction shot of him like getting stung, it's like actual like essentially you could say method acting 
because he's actually genuinely in pain. And the guy <laughs> like said like he didn't like he felt it and like it hurt, but he didn't think it had actually gone like he'd been like actually stabbed. So he's like, I felt it and it was like there was like genuine pain. And he was like, Oh, this is obviously they're just trying to get me to like, you know. Method yeah. Out. And then afterwards, like people all around like panicked. And there was just blood and he was like, Oh no, I've been stabbed. <laughs> Which is just great. It's such a sickening... Like, the rest never really got me. Like, the whole spider thing. I was like, ugh, creepy. But just yeah, that it's fucking one creepy. bit <laughs> part where he gets stabbed, I'm like, ugh, oh my god. Yeah, that's just the reaction at that time, because he actually real. got stabbed. Yeah. That, that whole scene, I muted my microphone and held my hand up to the screen and just watched a tiny little corner so I could see when it was over. <laughs> um, she loved it so cool. So... Uh, Shelob is the last offspring of Ungoliant, which was the... Um, Ungoliant was kind of the first spider. Like, huge, massive demon spider. And when I say huge, like, Ungoliant used to fight with Balrogs. And obviously we know, like, Balrogs, like... Pretty big. Massive. Fork and, like, this spider's fucking huge. <laughs> right? And so... In some of the extended stuff, so not the Tolkien stuff, Shelob's referred to as one of the Maya, so the same as, as Gandalf. Gandalf. And there's another Maya that is in this film that I'll come back to that most people might not realise. But um, Shelob is part has come from well, Ungoliant has come from the other realm. So Ungoliant was a demon and servant of a previous Dark Lord who was a Maya, same as Sauron. So, that offspring is essentially she, Shelob is part demon, I guess you could say. You could consider Gandalf as an angel, so you could consider her as a demon. Um, so, she made her home in the caves in the past of Ethel, um, Diadra? Diadra? Near the tower of um, Sirith Ungol, above Minas Morgul. Minas Morgul was once a city of Gondor. It's a Gondor fortress. And it was taken over, obviously, by the orcs and Sauron because it's right on the bottom, like, the, yeah, the edge of Mordor. Um, Sauron was very fond and often refers to Shelob as his cat because it's kind of that Sauron doesn't mind her... He doesn't mind her being there because she protects that path. Because there's essentially two ways into Mordor. The Black Gate and the Path. The Black Gate and the Path. So having Shelob in the Path, he doesn't really have to worry about it. I mean, Shelob has killed a lot of orcs out of that tower. And Sauron's like, eh, who cares? Like, he doesn't mind. He's like, I can get more. (laughs) But, like... The orcs need to get a union or something. (laughs) (laughs) Sauron feeds her. So he, any prisoners that he was done with or servants that pissed him off, he'd feed them to Shelob. He'd give them to her. And there was someone else that essentially became a servant of Shelob. And that's Gollum. Because when Gollum escaped the grasps of Mordor, because at one point he was captured and he was in Minas Morgul, he met Shelob and she captured him. Right, So he was wrapped up. But Gollum being Gollum convinced Shelob that he wouldn't taste very nice 
and promised to bring her tastier food. And it's kind of alluded to in the book that Gollum did this. That Gollum would bring people to her to feed her because then she would give him safe passage where if he ever wanted to pass through. Would you? And the orcs of um, Sirith Ungol used to see Gollum. Like, there's multiple times that they would see Gollum and they just assumed, that, oh, Shelob doesn't want to eat him because he's too thin and scrawny and it wouldn't be worth her while. Mm. But there was kind of this weird relationship between them. Because... And in... Um, extended, I think it's in Shadow of Middle-Earth, one of the games, the character you play as is at Minas Morgul at one point and because it can pass between the real world and the wraith world, meets Shelob in the wraith world where she appears as a human-like like female and has a conversation character because Shelob being potentially one of the Maya would have, you know, there is a aspect that she's not just a spider. Mm. There would be a, it's a highly intelligent, like she's a highly intelligent creature. Is Shadowfax one of the Maya as well? Yes. So Shadowfax is a horse lord and kind of the, and the Gandalf's horse is one of the Maya. So like that, that's not, not the yeah. first animal. Yeah. Maya, yeah. Not the first animal Maya. That, so Gandalf has like that relationship with Shadowfax because they are both essentially of the same, different classes, but essentially of the same species. Yeah. yeah. Just taking different forms and performing different roles in Middle Earth. Which mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, really interesting. Like, yeah, Shadowfax is the horse lord. So is, yeah kind of there to cool. protect all horses. And there's a lot of horses in there is a movie. lot. <laughs> I was I was watching them and I was like, holy shit. Like I know Over that some 200 of, were used. Yeah, I know that some of it's like all CG in that. Yeah. The amount of like you, I think like you don't even think about the behind the scenes. Like you would have to feed and like house them like yep. every night and make sure none of them got hurt yep. and then you've got all the saddles and like at holy the um, shit. end of it Vigo Mortensen bought two of them oh that's been nice um there's, there's, there's a great moment in this movie there is a scene where Vigo Mortensen stars alongside his son Henry can anyone guess when it is when he's when Arwen's having the nope Oh, that's the obvious one, so... No, um, the very first orc that Aragorn kills in the Battle of Pelennor Fields <laughs> is his son. <laughs> <laughs> the, Which is um, just great. <laughs> is that when he comes out with with the dead? into the Yeah. 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 The, um, it's, it's good shit. <laughs> the orc makeup is phenomenal in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so good. And, like... No wonder they and won all, best makeup. Yeah, but they're all different. Yeah, like, I, none of them yeah. are the same. It was just I was discussing this with um my friend that I was watching this with. Is there are they all just orcs that that we see? Because like you see like some of them like the huge like almost urukai looking ones compared to like the the really scrawny like hooked nose ones. Yeah. Is there like goblins or anything? No. Like so that the, in them, or? They are all orcs, but some would probably definitely be Urukai. Like, it mm. is essentially just all the armies mortal. But there's a, there's a, in this, there's a line that alludes to a bigger thing, and it's touched upon more in the book. And when they're leaving, um, 
Edoras to head for Minas Tirith. Gimli says, you know, I'd love to... Like, he kind of wishes he had an army of dwarves. Yeah. And Legolas is like, I don't think they need to march to war. I think war's already marching on them. Because while this is happening... Because it, there's always been... A th- like, I've seen it on like, some of the like, different like, discussion things on pages. When they march on the Black Gate, why is there only this small group of men? Mm. Where are the elves? Where are the dwarves? Like, why is everyone not there? Because while the Battle of Minas Tirith is happening and all these more... Like, the orcs of Minas Morgul have come out to fight. Because all of them essentially come from the fortress of Minas Morgul. Yeah. yeah. You've got 10,000 orcs that they then meet at the Black Gate from Mordor. But from Dol Guldor in the north, there's armies of orcs that are marching on the elves, that are marching on the dwarves. So the whole at this point, the whole Middle Earth is engaged in conflict. Mm. And some of them are losing until the ring is destroyed. And that's kind of the moment that then they win because we kind of only get to see this because it's where our main characters are. But across Middle Earth, there is battles raging. Yeah. In the book, the Shire is taken over. And after this, they go back and the Hobbits lead a rebellion against um, Saruman, who was taken over. Who, who, who doesn't die like he does at the Who doesn't die like this. But if you watch um, the theatrical version, Saruman doesn't die at all. That whole scene, oh, that's right, that whole scene's not there. Yeah, so he's in the theatrical version. Like, he's... Do you, you just never, not see him? You don't see him, and it's just mentioned that he's in his tower, locked away, his power's gone, and he's guarded by Treebeard. Huh. And that's the actor I meant, that I mentioned before, because there's a seven-minute scene that was cut, and so Christopher Lee was pissed off. Yeah. Because they went through this whole thing, and, like, you know, he explained how someone actually got stabbed, and the noises they make, and, you know, went through this whole thing, and... Then the theatrical version, that's not there. and like It's such a good Lee, death scene yeah, too. He was pissed off that he hadn't been, that scene was cut. I don't blame him. And then Peter Jackson, yeah. like it's in the extended edition and then it kind of like, he came back it, around. It feels like a pretty important one. Like you yeah. Could, yeah. You could you could even, if you really needed to get rid of the time, like you could scrap the start seeing Merry and Pippin and just go to them well, that, arriving yeah. at the bottom of the tower. Merry and Pippin, that scene at the start is also in the theatrical version a lot shorter. Yeah. So most of them sitting there. Because you so mentioned they... that last week, that that's how, in the books, that's how you get their story. They're yeah. sitting on the wall waiting for them. Yeah. Yeah. So that scene's there where they see Mary and Pippin, but not the Saruman. So, so Mary and Pippin talking beforehand yeah. is not in their theatrical version. You pretty much, when you have them marching, like, it pretty much opens, like, you know, with them walking up to the wall like Aragorn and stuff and then you see Merry and Pippin and then it kind of just there's a little conversation that it just, mm. they just shuffle it along. shuffles it along yeah and that's it like weird. yeah it's a real weird but yeah it's such like that scene is so important because you find it like you know Saruman, Saruman gets stabbed he falls you know gets they, impaled um, it's also the end of Wormtongue who like they specifically let let go and it was obvious that he was going to have like something happen later yeah where is my little also, you're stupid for standing on top of a tower with no safety railings. You're oh, yeah. going to get pushed off. Can I say, whenever I look at the top of that tower, I always think like, how, how do they get up there? Get up there? <laughs> yes! Yeah. Oh, Where's... my gosh! <laughs> so, and that's also where we get the um, Palinta, the scene orb. orb yeah. Mm. And it's kind of like, it, you know... Dro- what is that orb? Is it just like an extension of the eye? Or? No, so the Palinta were magical objects that Saruman kind of corrupted them and got into them, and but they were... Connor's magical objects used 
to communicate and to like see visions. Oh, okay. Right. So in this, it's kind of alluded that there's only one in the movie, Mm. but there's actually two that appear in this film. Because the one that Saruman has, that then um, Pippin uses, and then, you know, they get the vision of Minas Tirith and the battle, and Saruman thinks that Pippin has the ring, and that whole kind of kicks off them going to Minas Tirith and, you know, to Gandalf and Pippin going there to warn them. Yeah. But there's one at Minas Tirith as well. Oh, it's a different one. Yeah, because in the book, it's kind of... Denethor in this is absolutely insane. Like, he has lost the plot. Yeah. Yep. And it's never really explained why. Because... I thought, it was I thought he was just power hungry. and Yeah. So, just there's a there's a soldier in this that's like, you know, Lord Denethor predicted this. And, and then, like, again, I was like, yeah, and done nothing. Yeah. Because Denethor also has a plintar and has seen the oncoming conflict but refused to believe it was true. Uh, so that's why but he's kind Sauron of Sauron had been taunting him through it. And genu- like genuinely taunting him. And that's what sent him mad. Right. So he's so scared of losing his control over Gondor. And, you know, losing that he can't admit what's going to happen. Mm. Even though he's seen it. And that is what's actually sent him insane. Is Saruman the one that Aragorn uses in the throne room to reveal himself to Sauron? Is actually Denethor's, not Saruman's. Okay. If that right. makes sense. Yeah. That um scene, one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie, is where is it Pippin who's singing? Yeah. Yeah, he's singing, and Denethor is like eating the food, and it cuts between. That all and like the horses charging because into he's battle. sent out, and I just thought like that is like it's so sad because obviously his second son from, is like, dying. The orcs arrows flying yeah. to them, the tomato juice coming out of dinner. Oh, the tomato yeah. popping like noise! Yeah, like it was such a beautiful scene. I thought. Yeah, and like, then but Faramir survives and yeah. he gets. This is he's kind of as he's the army's approaching, they open the gates and Faramir's horse drags him through. Mm. Um, David Wenham is actually attached to that horse, getting dragged along the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and they were so scared that the horse would bolt or something. In his hand is a release. So there was a special like connection in the saddle. So if the horse moved or bolted, he just p- pressed a button and he was cut from the horse. <laughs> so the horse would take off and he'd be okay because they were so scared that like... Look, this Peter Jackson get... with some safety yeah. features. Yeah. <laughs> was just this horse was just going to bolt or something or get spooked that David Wenham would just be like, oh, well, we've killed David Wenham. So, there's a little... Um, there's also like a moment early in this film where Aragorn finally admits to what he has to do. Like, he finally comes to terms... With the fact that he has to, um, he has to go to Gondor. Mm. He has to become, yeah, who he's meant to be. And it's pretty early on in Edoras, and he's like, you know, they're talking about going to Minas Tirith, and they have to warn them. And Gandalf, like he says to Gandalf, "I'll go," and Gandalf's like, "No, not yet. Like, you have to come by a different road." 
and Gandalf tells him about the army of the dead. Does he? Isn't it Elrond, off, sc- off, okay. off screen? Like, yeah, gotcha. He's like, you have to come to Australia, you have to go this way, and then he's sort of confused. And then when they're up on the mountain, Elrond arrives with a sword. Sick sword. So cool. But that moment happens at a very different point in the books. Okay. Because that sword, at the start of Fellowship of the Ring, Aragorn carries the sword, the broken blade. So he's only got half the blade and he carries it with him. So he's got that and essentially his actual sword. And then in Fellowship, when they have the meeting, the Council of Elrond and the Fellowship is formed, the sword is reforged then. And through the whole trilogy, Aragorn has the sword. So when he first meets Eomir in the plains of Rohan, Eomir is captivated by the sword because like, holy shit, that's the sword because everyone knows who it is. And it, so it's not actually... But in the, in the movies, it kind of becomes this powerful, like, the king is coming. Like, it's a yeah. it's a much better moment to have him get this sword. Yeah. Does, he, does he use it throughout? Yeah. So okay. that's so all the battles throughout the books. That's what Aragorn is using, the sword of Lysian. Like, that's what he has. That thing is five feet long. It's massive, yeah. It is huge. It is a five-foot sword. Big old sword. Like, it is heavy as hell. Like it's, yeah, and like no yeah, wonder he wasn't carrying it for the whole yeah. <laughs> three movies. <laughs> so he gets the sword, and it's kind of he then uses that sword because it's the only blade that really can interact with like yeah. the army of the dead. Like it proves that he is actually the Sildor's heir and the king of men. And like it's funny because you kind of think of like. Gondor and Rohan at this point are very separate kingdoms and Theoden is king of Rohan but at the time of Isildur it was quite different so Isildur was king of Gondor and king of the north in Angmar or what became Angmar when the witch king took over Like so there was three main kingdoms of men but Rohan, at the time of the like last alliance Rohan didn't exist there was no kingdom of Rohan it was just part of Gondor and after the War of the Kings and everyone kind of split, we got different kingdoms. And So when Aragorn goes to find the Army of the Dead and they go through the cave, in the book, it's not just Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli that go. Because when at the camp, in the book, it's not Elrond that arrives. It's his two sons and a group of rangers from the north. So Aragorn, like the rangers that he had spent so long watching over the Shire with and, you know, so a large group of rangers, as long as Elrond's two sons, arrive mm-hmm. and they head into the mountain with our main trio. Okay. So there's a large group of them go into the mountain, whereas in the movie it's just the three of them. Yeah. And they fight, like, you know, they get, in the movie they get the army of the dead, like, well, they speak to them and Aragorn's like, you know, this is the blade that and bloody bloody blah they have you know, and then they, all the skulls start falling and they have to kind of run out and they get out of the cave and as they exit the cave the Corsair ships are coming past yeah and then like the king that it comes out like, we will fight in the book the army of the dead can't actually interact they can't kill anyone 
They're ghosts. Yeah. They can't interact with the physical world. Do they spook them to death? So in the book, they are used to scare the Corsairs, essentially. And Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, the Rangers, and Elrond's two sons take the ships. Right? But they take the ships, and they go and gather more forces, and they get men from South Gondor. This happens in the book because obviously Ministerius is one city, so they gather an arm. They gather an army of reinforcements from South Gondor, and that is what marches from the docks to Pelennor Fields. In Pelennor, to Pelennor Fields, mm. but in the movie, they kind of just use the army of the dead yeah. to just wipe everything through. Mm. Yeah, much more because when yeah, that yeah. Way. <laughs> because in the actual Battle of Pelennor Fields, there's an army of orcs that's headed towards Rohan along the road. And obviously, like, it's going to delay the arrival of the Rohirrim. So they negotiate with the men of the forest to pass safely through the forest and go around the army of the orcs and then enter Pelennor Fields. Because that army... Because Pelennor Fields in the book has a massive wall around it. Like, it's a fortified wall. And the orcs had broken out through that to go north. So they left an opening for the Rohirrim to come in. Uh. But in the book... Sorry, in the movie... The Witch King's kind of about has just destroyed Gandalf's staff. You know, Gandalf's essentially screwed. Like, and you hear the horns, and that moment, like that moment in the movie, is just pure it's magic. The like that music and having all those horses appear on that hill, mm. it's just chilling. Like in my notes, is like, it's just. Oh, like, <laughs> it's just, like, having that Rohirrim music just start and all those, that massive army just appear and having all the orcs turn and be like, holy shit, like, what's this? Where where have these guys come from? Like, and in the book, the gate had only just been breached. So the breaching of the gate happens in the morning, not the middle of the night. So Gandalf's like pretty much still at the gate, and the Witch King has confronted, like, still in the book, has still confronted Gandalf and at like the at the gate. Wait, is the Witch King the one with the funny teeth? No, no, the Witch the King's the one with the helmet that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Riding on the nazi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So the, he's confronting, and then you know the horns blow, and the reinforcements arrive. For me, like, there's some powerful speeches in this film. And the main two that stick out is there's Aragorn's speech at the Battle of the Black Gate and Theoden's speech at the start of the Rohirrim arrival at um, Pelennor Fields. For me, Theoden's speech is the most powerful thing, like the most powerful speech in this trilogy. Because do you know what they're chanting as they charge? Death? Yeah, they are, <laughs> they are screaming the words death. I couldn't oh help but God. shout it when I was watching because it. Because they, they are going in at the <laughs> assumption that every single one of them is going to die. Like, they, that none of them are expecting to survive this. Like, they are going in is the last charge of men. Like, this is, this is it. It's, we either somehow win this or the age we of men is over. Like, this yeah. is it. Like, this is our last stand, which becomes not the last stand, the second, you know, we get another last in, but it's such a powerful moment to hear, you know, eight thousand or whatever it is, Rohirrim soldiers chant death, death after their king has just given this speech of saying essentially, saying, We're all gonna die, 
but let's do this for the like kingdoms of men and just charging and the genuine look of fear on the orcs eyes as these soldiers are just are not stopping and they just plow so far through that orc army like there's orcs running like they have they like just that's such a good smash shot. through <laughs> There's so many good shots leading up to this. Yeah. Right? yeah. Carl Urban's face as he's charging oh, yeah. <laughs> And that orc that's just like backing away and then just keeps cutting to Carl Urban with the spear. It's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And like the orc's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And just, nah, you're dead. Mm. Like that's, but uh, yeah, it's such a powerful moment. And then they kind of like, they're on top. Like they're like, they really made an impact. And then you hear another set of horns. The Muma kill. And... The um, Harads, Harad, Harad, Haradrians, Haradrams? Harad? Yeah, from the um, Harad- another one of the weird, yeah, which has a long history there. With they, they have been at war with the kingdoms of men for ages. So they also like mutual enemies. So they've they've arrived, and the elephants, which are these huge, like. It's like ten times the size of an old elephant. Like they are massive, you they know, with awesome. big wire chains between their tusks. Arrive and so there's like twenty of them, and it's like, you know, they're here. We're like, oh shit! Like we we are screwed here. Like, but they reform and they charge because Which seems questionable. <laughs> yeah, like what are you doing? Like they just they just won against the yeah. orcs by running them down with bigger with bigger creatures. In yeah, their and now there's a giant an elephant. The elephants like, are bigger. <laughs> So much bigger, but it just shows like the desperate. Like they are there to like you know like to fight their lives. like yells out, "Let's save the city!" And then it's horns, and it's like, "Oh shit!" But then you kind of cut. Like you get a bit of that battle, and um, Eowyn and Mary take one down by cutting the tendons in its legs, and then you kind of cut to the sea, and the ships arrive. And Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli jump off, and that is the most dramatic slow mo like yeah. jump off. And, like, and there's like a line of orcs because they're waiting for the corsairs, and the corsairs come from a city south that, again, have been engaged in conflict Umbar. with um, Gondor for centuries, and they arrive, and you know it's like, and then they get off, and the orcs are like. Why there three? Why is there an elf, a man, and a dwarf just jumping on the ship, and they're the only ones there? Like, what? And the why hell's do they? Going why on? do they look like they're ready to fight us? We're gonna yeah. kill them. Yeah, there's three dudes. Like, we've got this easily. There's like thousands of us, and then the army of the dead comes through, and the army of the dead kind of just sweeps across. When they like the phase city. through um, Aragon, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Fun fact: when we first enter the cave where the dead is, you can't obviously can't see them, but Legolas can. So yeah. he, he's describing them to Gimli, so he can see them all the time. Okay. But the others can't until they're made apparent. So it's like the orcs can't yeah. see them until they become apparent. But like Legolas can see them constantly. Just does, as an elf, or yeah, just because yeah. Does anyone know who they are? Who the army of the dead is? They're the um, Isildur's men that betrayed him, like his army. So, in Two Towers, when there's a group of men from the mountains that attack Rohan, yeah, they are essentially ancestors of them. Okay. Oh. So, in the final alliance, they pledged their allegiance to Isildur, 
and never show, showed up. They never came. Oh, right. Okay. So Isidor cursed them. But, like, magic, obviously, in Middle-earth is a really weird thing. So, like, you can't, not everyone can just throw a curse. Yeah. But he cursed them and kind of... the Their essential deity, which is an actual creature, which is kind of above, like, Gandalf and stuff, like, from the other land. Yeah. Granted the curse. So allowed it to happen. Which is they were cursed by Alcidor. So the only way that they can pass through the, the afterlife, because the afterlife in Middle Earth is essentially a real thing. Like it is the other land. Yeah. It's all the elves. Like everyone just goes to the, like, the undying lands and just lives out the rest of their days. The only way they can pass into the afterlife is if they are released from that curse. By the king. By the king of Gondor. So Aragorn enlisting them to help and them actually coming. Aragorn has the power to release them. And at the end of the Battle of Pelennor Fields, he does. In the book, it happens essentially as soon as they take the boats. He just releases them, and they're all like, fine, like we can finally be at peace. Because mm-hmm. they've been ghosts for like 3,000 years. Yeah. Which well, in the movies would, uh, would, be, would be a shame, because he could really have used them in the Battle at the Black Gate, potentially. I mean, like, yeah. I'd be like, if, if I was Aragorn, I'm like, hey, look, okay, so there's going to be a battle in a big field. Once you've done there, just send the mountains across the field. Just go, just go over them. And everyone in that land, just kill them. Unless they look like these two, like just show them very people. Like, they look like these two dudes, <laughs> kill them. They look like these two, like not orcs. Don't not n- protect please, them. Please no kill. Do not kill these two. Everyone else, kill. Once you've done that, come back and then I'll let you go. For- then you'll be forgiven. <laughs> like you know, because Gimli is even like they would have been really useful, but obviously you don't want them to turn on you because they'll because just kill you. Yeah. 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 Um. Speaking of Merry and Pippin, or like hobbits in general, yeah. I really liked how they were kind of split up in this movie. I feel like you yeah. kind of got more of their own personality coming through. Yeah, because you've kind of got Pippin and Gandalf, and then Merry and Erwin. Yeah, like two separate little. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So, the book of the two towers, the end of the Frodo and Sam story is pretty much when they leave. She lives Leia. Like, that's the ending for them in the two towers, but obviously it's included in this movie because otherwise you just have them going from Sirius Ungol to Mount Doom. Mount Doom yeah. is the only bit of them that would have in the short, movie, yeah. and that's a short. Like, that's like the end bit. So they kind of had to like have all the stairs and stuff more in this one because otherwise, what you, yeah, what do you, yeah, what do you do? You're not going to have much of a story of like the essential pinnacle of what's happening. Yeah, yeah. the core of the, of yeah. the story, really. <laughs> So, um, oh, um, the Battle of the Black Gate. So, that whole like that one with the teeth, like teeth that you mentioned, yeah. the mouth of Sauron, isn't in the theatrical version. That bit never happens. But in there's an alternate version. Of that battle. So the Mouth of Sauron comes out and they engage in, like, you know, diplomatic talks, and, and Aragorn's Aragorn like, screw him. this and cuts his head off, and they yeah. ride back. And then when the battle starts, that troll that Aragorn fights was originally not a troll. Was so that troll is was replaced. Well, that troll replaced Sauron. Right. So the original oh. version of that scene, Sauron came out of the Black Gate and engaged in open conflict with Aragorn because it was to mimic... Which, oh, that obviously, that, that doesn't happen in the book. 
but to mimic the, the final confrontation yeah. with the sealed door. Mm. So then they're like, oh, they're like, Peter Jackson's like, oh, it doesn't quite fit. So they replaced it with a troll instead. But if you go on YouTube, there is a version of that scene you can watch with Sauron there. Oh, That's cool. Like it's like it's insanity. Like it's not quite done. Yeah. But like watching them go toe to toe with that troll, like it's like size appropriate wise, like height for the troll. Mm. And like it's just crazy. Like Aragon's like not equipped for that fight. Mm. But in the book, when the ring is destroyed, the eye collapses. But Saruman appears in front of the black gate, kind of as like a smoky figure, mm-hmm. and then is kind of just pushed away by the wind. But they didn't include that in the movie, so the kind of tower that would have been kind it. of nice. And like the explosion of the eye, kind of just sends out a shockwave that destroys all the orcs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I like the explosion of the eye. Yeah, it's. It, and then the like the explosion of Mount Doom, like it, like it happens, and then like there's a massive burst, and everyone goes from cheering to crying because like holy shit, Frodo and Sam are in there, and that has just erupted. I was mm. like, oh no. I really didn't like this. Going back a little bit, I yeah. didn't like that Frodo didn't have the strength to just drop it. He had to fight with um, Gollum to like so, do you know what? eventually, essentially so, destroy themselves in. The book, it's slightly different. It's essentially the same, but like just slightly. So, in the movie, Frodo's there and he's holding the ring, and the ring is like, the ring knows what's about to happen. Mm. And it's hold on Frodo because it's been, you know, over a year yeah. of the ring getting into Frodo's one. You can see it in this movie a lot, like it has affected him greatly. And it wins. It's like, same as what happened with the sealed door. It's at the moment of about to be destroyed. It wins because it's so powerful. It's like, nope, like I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you do this. Mm. So Frodo puts the ring on, and Gollum, you know, attacks him, bites his finger off, gets the ring, and then like, like in the movie, Frodo kind of fights back to get the ring back, and they tussle and go off the edge, and Frodo somehow manages to catch himself. Mm. In the book. Frodo's kind of just, like, defeated, like, no energy on the ground, fingers missing, like, just done. And Gollum's holding the ring, dancing around, and in the book, Gollum just slips off the edge. Oh. Just slips. Like, he's dancing around, like, keep tapping, and just falls into the lava. The original <coughs> version of what Peter Jackson wanted to do was Frodo was just going to be a cold-blooded killer. Like, push him off, or yeah, or Gollum was just going to be dancing around, and Frodo was just going to walk up and just shove him, and just push him off. But, like, no, maybe they'll just have, like, Frodo, like, Tussle with him a bit, yeah. So it doesn't look like Frodo's just like, nah, fuck you, and just <laughs> shoves him off a cliff. Just a psycho murderer. <laughs> yeah, it would be brutal. I think I like the version of the books best. Yeah, I think it because I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Frodo just gave me the shits towards the end of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> he does a bit. I yeah. Believe, um, from the to- like from the books, reason the reason it's not Frodo that released it and it's it's Gollum is. Um, I believe Tolkien said something like, "Only evil can defeat evil." Yeah, yeah. it's not meant. Like- I did like though at the end how like Gollum was sinking <laughs> and he all he worried about was holding he the, just ring holds up. the ring up. Yeah, it's such a powerful, yeah, yeah. powerful, powerful thing. Um, another like, of my my favorite scenes. Of this is the beacon scene. Oh, oh that was so good. Like I'll, sh- so I'll show you guys. Good. It just says, "Oofed." <laughs> <laughs> Nick can't really see, but Nick... I can't see it, but I'm sure it's funny. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's such a, but in the book that happens. Gandalf and Merry aren't sorry. Gandalf and Pippin aren't at Minas Tirith when the beacon is lit. In the so book, so it's actually lit by the. So it's actually Denethor oh, okay. actually commissions it to be lit because it finally, like you know, it gets to that point. And you know it arrives. Then Gandalf's like, "Okay, well, like, we're going," like, and that's what. Keeps it. And in the book, Theoden never says no to going. Like when the beacons lit, they were already preparing to go to Minas Tirith, and then the beacons like, "Oh shit, we got to go now!" Like it felt strange that the, I I I get that he's that he's angry that Gondor didn't didn't help it, um, yep. Helm's Deep and everything, but my, I don't know. It still felt strange. My question. I've always wondered this. Do you know that mountain they go up? Like, as they're preparing to go to Minas Tirith. There's a lot of mountains. They yeah, go up like, like that really, really windy road. Windy road yep. If I was Theoden, that feels a lot more defendable at the top of that mountain. Than Helm's Deep. Than Helm's Deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they've got to come up that really windy road a lot. Like, would you not just be like, just block the road and it's like, yeah, we're, we're sweet. You know? There's a lot of things I do differently. Like, yeah. <laughs> Is a thought. It's a good, good call. Yeah. Um, Maybe there's another way to where they were. So, um, well, the Grey Havens scene. So at the end of the film, there's the Grey Havens and the la- one of the last ships to leave Middle Earth, mm-hmm. and Gandalf's going back, essentially home. The elves are leaving back to the Undying Lands, and um. For taking Bilbo with them, and also Frodo. In the book, the other three hobbits know that Frodo's going it's before not they get there. They get thrown on them. That film, that scene was filmed three times. They did that three times. So the first time, Sean Astin was given the wrong vest, so they had to oh do a no. reshoot because he was in the wrong costume. Then the reshoot was out of focus. Oh. So they had to do it a third time was the right time and it was like supposedly like holy shit like and that scene, scene like that shit. scene was shot before most of Return of the King was shot mm-hmm. so Fred was like oh we've, been, like, oh we've been through all these things that we haven't done yet like we've, and they got actually real sad about it and, but um in so like they they leave and all, essentially all the ring bearers are, are taken at some point to the Undying Lands. So in this, you know, Bilbo and Frodo are taken. Gladriel, Gandalf. Yeah, Gladriel, Gandalf and um, Celeborn, like the three yeah. rings of power for the elves, uh, you know, are leaving Middle-earth. But later on in life, Sam joins them. So once his wife's, like, passed, Sam is taken on a ship to the Undying Lands because at one point he was a ring bearer and he helped Frodo. So he is rewarded Aww. by being taken to the... Another that is rewarded is... Legolas hangs around for a bit. He's one of the last elves to leave Middle-earth. But he takes Gimli with him. So Gimli Aww. also goes... I just, to want, I just want a movie solely about Legolas and Gimli. Yeah. Why just did, why did an adventure the that they go on. Legolas and Gimli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. So, like, Gimli is also granted leave to the Undying Lands. And that's like, you know... They slowly all but like leave Middle Earth except for Aragon. What about Merry and Pippin? Do they get to go to? I can't remember. I feel like they deserve. I can't remember to as if well. they do or not. 
but um, yeah, both of them frequently visit Aragorn at um, Minas Tirith. So they travel a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, it become they become like you know envoys of the Shire and all this. Mm-hmm. But Aragorn becomes the king of men. And it's kind of not just the king of Gondor who becomes king of the men of the north as well in what was once, you know, the old kingdom. Like Angmar. Yeah, like right up like north. But he essentially also becomes the king of Rohan because Eomir, like Carl Urban, is essentially the only one left that's in line. And he be- essentially, instead of being the king, it's essentially the steward because he the, essentially gives the kingship to Aragon. What about um, Eowyn? She oh, I didn't understand what happened there. Okay. She marries Faramir. I, I, I do know that, yeah. but like you know how um, with Theoden, he... Yeah, he says, Lee, you, you've been... Because because Eomir was also going to war, she is the last member of like the royal family. And she has like the, the circlet on at Aragon's. Yeah. So, I, I assumed she was like a, like a kind of sub-ruler of Rohan. Yeah, so her and Eomir have like a kind of stewardship because she then eventually marries Faramir and he is the st- Faramir retains the role of steward of Gondor so whenever Aragorn is outside of Gondor Faramir is in charge which actually happens a lot like Aragorn is all over the place after like, at the start of the fourth age okay. because the war isn't done so after like you know the Dark Lord is destroyed and all the Orcs go there's still most of the Corsairs are still in the south like the you know there's still enemies that continue to attack for years afterwards until they are finally are defeated. And I think it's Aragorn's son that finally defeats them. And Aragorn reigns for around 120 years as king before his eventual passing and his son takes over. But yeah, like it's kind of like this whole... The, ki- the world of men essentially unites as one. Because all the elves leave, the dwarves kind of keep in the mountains in the north and just kind of... Do their own thing. Yeah, and then like it becomes the kingdom of men. Cool. Yeah. Um. What's what I got? What's the great haven scene? I've mentioned that. I've mentioned that. I've mentioned that. I've mentioned that. Hello, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, guys. Oh, um, most of the Rohirrim are women. Makes like sense. the actors, because they put out a casting call for people in New Zealand that could ride horses really well. <laughs> most of, of them were women, so most of them are women dressed as men because it was the only way they could do it to have enough people <laughs> riding horses. <laughs> that because there wasn't enough male horse riders in New Zealand to do it, so the orders great. Yeah. Um, mentioned about Shilob. Mentioned Saruman's death was cut. Oh. The trilogy also holds a record that is only equaled with st- the original Star Wars trilogy for the most nominations across, like, you know, a the film series. Trilogy. It had 30 nominations for Academy Awards. Holy tooly. Well, you know they won 11 out of 11 for I this. I can't so remember they must what. Have got, like, at least 20 something. Yeah, the other two. That's yeah, crazy. shit. Um, at the end of the filming, John Reese Davies, who plays Gimli, had, like, he had this prosthetic that was the beard and, like, kind of enhanced facial features. Mm on, as soon as he finished filming his last scene, they gave it to him. He went over to a bin and put it in and set it on fire. <laughs> because he could, only, he could only shoot every second day. Because it, 
agitated his face so much he had to have a day where he didn't wear it, Ooh. and he hated it. He hated oh. that thing. So as soon as it was done, there's like here you go, and he would there's like there's a video of it. Like you can watch him be presented. He walks over and throws the lights and on fire, and he's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm never wearing that thing again, <laughs> and he never has to. <laughs> Yeah. Um. See, that's why you never get near Gimli and um, Legolas movie. True. <laughs> he just refuses. He refuses to, have to wear again. the beard. He's never wearing it. How about shave Gimli? Oh no, he can just rock up like clean shaven. That's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. They look horrifying. But... Yeah. So, um, that's all my notes done. Well done. Thank you. Can uh, I just say my cool. favorite scene in the whole movie? Of course you can. <laughs> the bit where they're um, having the drinking game at the start. Yeah, right. and, and Legolas yeah. is like, I think it's affecting me. I feel a slight tingle. <laughs> but Legolas wins the game because Gimli passes out. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we got that kind of downtime as well. After like two towers yeah. and there was like a whole other movie. It was just nice to have that. Breaks yeah. up the constant yeah. pressure and stress of the of the events of the movie. So exactly. did you guys realise Yeah, stop Sam having a cry about bread. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you guys have realised like at the end of the film that Bilbo is considerably older? Yeah. Because the ring's not stopping his ageing anymore? No. That's not it. Oh. Because Hobbits genuinely, like Frodo and this is 50. Like Hobbits do live. Like Frodo's still a young Hobbit at the age of 50. Like Frodo, Hobbits do live for a considerably long period of time. So 111 isn't really that surprising much, mm. but it's because, and I mentioned it in our Fellowship of the Ring episode, in the book, there's 17 years pass from the start to when Gandalf comes back, and that ring sits there for 17 years when Bilbo's off it, because Bilbo leaves for Rivendell. Mm. In, when they get driven up. Bilbo, actually in the books, is, you know, has aged. But in this, at the end of this, the end of this movie, like that kind of like epilogue sequence takes place over several years. Right. Because it kind of comes back and they're drinking there and then Sam goes and goes up to Rosie at yeah. the bar and then it cuts to their wedding. And he's got small children. Yeah. It's like, years have passed yeah. through all of this. Like, Aragorn isn't coronated straight away. Like, mm. several years have passed. So in terms of when we see him in Fellowship, when we see him here, there's a likelihood that it could have been close to 20 years. So Bilbo would genuinely be like, you know... 130. 130, 140 years old, depending on the time scale. Mm. That's why he looks so much older, because he is genuinely... So much time has passed... Yeah. ...that he is older. Yeah. And it's not really touched upon in the, like, in the movie, but like... This trilogy takes place over a fucking long period of time. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the like, trilogy in the, the movies just feels like it... I mean, I know it happens over like a year and a bit, mostly, yeah. but it feels like it could be like just like a month or two. Yeah. yeah. But like in the book, it's like close to 20 years pass. Yeah. yeah. In the Like in this time, because so much like happens. And like it, it takes a long time to get between places, considering they were walking for most of it. Yeah. Like... Why did they not just have horses from the start? Just ride, man. There's a road. I reckon you can you can tell back when Thrones was still happening. You can tell a lot of the fans came from Lord of the Rings because I constantly saw people angry about how quickly they would get from one place to yeah. another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, why aren't you? Tr- yeah. Anyway, um, 
the thing is, like, obviously at the end of this, the eagles arrive. Yeah. And everyone's always like, well, why didn't they just fly and destroy the ring? Because the Eye of Sauron is watching, and there's like 11 Nazgul, or 9 Nazgul riders. If you ride in there with the eagles, you're dead. Yeah. You are so dead. Like, you're not staying on that eagle. You're falling to your death. The enemy has the ringless game over. Like, it's not going to work. But because the eagles kind of arrive at that like final part moment. Part of the way. Yeah. They could have saved a lot of. Like, Gandalf almost died to a Balrog just getting over, just getting to yeah. Moria. But. Yeah, it could have gone past that. not the Fellowship's fault, because you can, cons- essentially, until the Battle of the Black Gate, you can consider the Eagles as the Switzerland of Middle-earth. They don't want to be involved. Okay. Right. Like, some of them are friends with Gandalf, hence why he saved... From Saruman. From Saruman. And then, in the Hobbit, why he when they're saved. But, um, like, the Eagle, like, they don't want to be involved. They don't want to be part of this. But when they see like the final confrontation and know what's happening, the Eagle Lord's like, "Okay, we have to, we have to act." And that's when they finally become involved. And then the Eagles are sent, obviously, into Mordor to see if Frodo and Sam is still there, mm. which is one of the they pick them up and bring them back. Because otherwise it's like, yeah, everyone's like, well, why didn't you use them? Because, like, you just, it's, they don't, the Eagles didn't want to be involved. The Eagles weren't like, oh, hey, you want to lift? Like, they they're were not like, pets. Yeah. yeah. They're independent, highly intelligent, like, Creature. creatures that live in the mountains and just do their own thing. Mm. So it's like, why didn't you find them? Because the Eagles wouldn't let them. <laughs> the Eagles never offered. <sighs> so, yeah, I guess. That's um, it. I got nothing else, not really. I mean, we've been going for a while, so you did well. Hour twelve, so far. Yeah, good God. Yeah, it was a long movie, but I think you, I think you basically covered all of it. Thank you, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, thank you. Um, Nick. <laughs> Nick. Yes, Jacob. Would you, uh, would you watch this again? Mind you, you can say you can watch the theatrical version. I'll allow that because it's you know fifty-one minutes shorter. Uh, um. Maybe. Maybe. But okay, look, <laughs> I I would consider watching Fellowship again just to like see if I appreciate it at all. Wow! <laughs> Fellowship over well, Return of the King. Wow! Again. No, but but if that's the case, if I like it that much, then yeah, of course I'd watch Return of the King again. We got him, Delbridge. We got him. We've we done it, everybody. Wham. We've done it. We did it. Ha ha. We popped I'm, him. I'm still not a Lord of the Rings fan. Yes, you are. <laughs> Whatever, mate. Yeah, you are, mate. Cat. Well, I liked Fellowship, and I didn't really enjoy Two Towers, but I really loved this movie. Yes. We got it. So we got so us. good. <laughs> I feel like it just brought everything together, and just there was a really good balance between everything. It wasn't all just fighting or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think I would 100%. watch it again. Maybe not straight away, but I would like if someone wanted to watch it with me, I'd watch it with them. But, yeah. James, I don't. Do, do I even have to ask? Top three movie of all time. Oh yes, yeah. I, <laughs> I have a confession to make. You didn't watch it? No, I, I watched this last night. <laughs> oh. You guys, you guys saw your photos oh, of me yeah. watching it last night. Um, when we recorded Do Two Towers, watch it again. I watched the extended edition <laughs> that night. So in the last like two and a half weeks, I've watched this twice. 
Oh. And you don't regret it at all. I did not regret it at all. It was so good. It's so good. It's the best. I feel like I'll watch it all again and just pick up on so much more. Especially now that we've talked about it and I kind of have more of an idea of like the backstory of more characters and like kind of more characters to track. Yeah, Yeah, more of what like their motivations are. Yeah. And that's just this movie. And that's not even everyone. I don't know if you said to the listeners, but yeah, Jacob has made a list of about 25 characters and their actors because last time I think we were getting, we could think of some actor names, but well, not characters. It was for Nick, but Nick is now over the internet, so Nick can't see the white <laughs> one that I made for him. It's just for Nicholas. Us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. So I guess we can move on to what we've been watching and what we're excited for. Yep. I've actually watched, watched like a lot this week. Oh, yeah. So I've probably watched about two seasons of How I Met Your Mother. Of course. Um, on Friday, I watched World War Z again. Oh, that's a good it's movie. It's a really good movie. Like, I genuinely enjoyed it. Like, yeah. It the was book's great. really good. Yeah. Like, so that was great. And then I also watched The Hunt. Oh, yeah. How'd that Nick, go Nick, have you watched The Hunt? Yeah, yeah, I watched The Hunt like a couple months ago. Yeah, okay. Have you watched it? No. Have you it's watched not it? Much no. of the movie. If if I say anything about The Hunt, will you care? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. This movie is this I loved it. Did you like it, Nick? Yeah, okay. I loved it. So it was sick. There's like famous people well, semi famous, like you suppose you guys like B list sort of C list actors in there. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. like, Oh, it's that guy, oh it's that guy. Yeah. And like it starts. And they're like on a plane and like this dude wakes up too early and then he just gets killed. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it kind of cuts like people wake up with like a gag in their mouth. And then like, there's like just like a box in the middle of the field and everyone's like looking around like, what the fuck's that? And someone like opens it and everyone's thinking like a line or something's going to come out. So everyone runs and hides. And this little pig in like a little suit runs out and he pulls out this massive weapon rack. Oh. And on the back of like the video opens is the key. So like this, what, what's the chick from? Uh, the main chick. No, the the first blonde one that we get introduced to. Oh, Emma Roberts. Yeah. Oh, she's so, from everything. Yeah, so Emma Roberts like finds yeah, the key and unlocks it, and they're like getting all the guns, and they start getting shot at, and like, a, like bullet like hits the wooden crate next to her head. She's like, well, that almost hit me, and then her head just explodes. She just gets shot in the head. I'm like, okay, she's dead. Oh. And then the dude. Yeah. So all these like. F- like semi-famous people are like shown at the start, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, this is the main character," yeah. and they just instantly and it get just cuts to the killed. dude that plays Aquaman in Smallville. <laughs> and like, okay, he's the action <laughs> That's hero. That's what that dude's from. I was wondering where. Yeah, he and then was. it's like, okay, no, he's dead. Like people just keep getting killed, and there's like one person left, and it's like, okay, so she's actually the main character. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, okay, no, it's gonna be this one. Okay, no, it's gonna be this one. And it's got what's the comedian dude's name? That gets to the gas station and then just gets like... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's um, Ike Barinholtz. Yeah. And he just gets like... He's like, okay, he's going to be the main character. Th- like, three minutes later, shot the chest of the shotgun. It's like, okay. <laughs> nope. Like, and then, yeah. It, and it, it's... What is the plot of this movie? Or so do people like, yeah, just die? No, so like rich people are like hunting them for like sport. Oh. But the twist at the end, spoiler alert, sorry everyone, is that like there's like a group of like rich friends. And they made a joke about hunting people. And then, like, it leaked. Like, or, like, someone someone got hacked. Like, all, like, the text messages just leaked. And there was, like, a group of, like, all these, like, conspiracy people on the internet that were, like, saying it was real. And, like, some of them lost... They all, like, lost their jobs and had to stand down because, like, all these, like, scandal and stuff. So, like, nah, fuck it. Let's do it for real. Mm-hmm. And, like, kidnap the people that said it, like, that spoke shit about them. 
oh and then God. hunt them. So the people who are being hunted, have have they had their memories wiped or something? No. Or? They just get knocked out and then just wake up getting hunted. Like, holy shit, the hunt's real. Like, oh. Is it... Is it all of them? Are they all people that spread it? Or is it just people? Because it starts off, like, they find out, like, all the people who are being hunted are, like, right-wing yeah. people who have, like, made, like... Well, the big dude was like, like, had, like, a not, podcast that he was... Like, like, troubling stuff online, where they've, like, tweeted yeah, dumb that, shit or whatever. That big dude that gets, yeah. like... Um, who, he's in... Is it My Name Is Earl that he's in? Yeah, the yeah, yeah the dude from my name is Earl. Yeah. It's like a podcaster who like he was like talking all spreads about all the and, shit. Yeah, but then like the main chick that you follow, there's another woman from her ha- hometown with the same name. Yeah. So uh. they kidnapped the wrong one. So instead of getting the crazy weird conspiracy nut that like they wanted, they get this chick that's an ex-marine uh. and she just kills everyone. Yeah, good honor. Like she just like she full just like kicks like she walks in and just shoots everyone. It's like. Like, they all in this little bunker. Like, there's, like, a sniper rifle set up, like, the field where it started. She just walks in and kills them all. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, so. Good on her. Immediately kills Dennis from Always Sunny. Yeah. And you, then, you bring up Always Sunny in every single episode. <laughs> I know, and I'll keep doing it till everyone watches it. <laughs> and, yeah, so then, like, they have a little final battle, and, like, she kills the main chick that's, like, the main evil chick and then she just leaves. Oh, women being represented in... Yep. chick fish chick. Female and empowerment. Yeah. I like it. And that's a I brutal like fight too. I do like really, good fight scenes. But it's really funny because, like, there's probably two moments they get thrown through glass and they end up outside and they have to come back into the kitchen there's a glass door and, like, the bad chick's like, stop! And the chick stops and she's like, no more glass, opens the door and then they go through the door. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, we're not doing that again because they're both, like, after both glass moments, both of them are like, oh, and she's like, stop, no glass, and opens it, and the chick's like, yep, and, <laughs> and they go through, so it's kind of like this really like, respect for each other while trying to kill each other, like, the like fight's it. really yeah. funny, because they're like, they're trying to kill each other, but there's like moments like that, it's like, that's funny, and it's like, they're both like lying on the ground, just like, fuck this, like, and then it's like, yep, yeah, okay, let's just keep, like, they both get up, like, yep, yeah, come on, like, let's do this, like, they're just fucking each other up. Going through broken glass would not be nice. Yeah. I'm sure they both understand. And like the chick gets like the blender blade and lodges it in the chick and then she just hugs her. Oh. And it's like, ooh. Yeah. There's some Lovely. brutal, some brutal deaths in this. But like, <clears throat> even though now I've spoiled it, if you skip this bit, well done. But like, fucking watch this movie. Okay. Like it's, it's even this, like, it's just worth watching it. Because it's just like some really like good moments and like really funny it's like there's a couple of deaths you're like oh that's unlucky <laughs> like the, the, the chick at the start that just runs off that um Aquaman saves oh yeah yeah, yeah just, just yeah, watch that saves. poor girl <laughs> poor poor thing yeah, okay. I, won't, I won't ruin that one but that's like that's a brute like, yeah that's a double brutality 100% worth watching it like just you know with like a group of friends or something yeah it's just one of those like movies that's just like it's like Final Destination but better just like the story is actually like better, and it's like yeah, no people are yeah. getting murdered, but like sick, cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what, yeah. Anyone who's, who's who wants to go next of what they've been? I'll go next. So, um, I went home for a bit last week, and me and my mum are slowly but surely watching the MCU in chronological order. Oh, so we watched nice. um, Age of Ultron. What comes next? 
um, Ant Man and Ant-Man. yeah, just Ant Man, yeah. and then Civil War, and then the start of Doctor Strange, and yeah, I forgot how much I like these movies. Like I haven't seen Age of Ultron or Civil War in years, but so much is set up in those movies. It's so good. Um, and then I also finished season one of Jack Ryan, which was really, really good. And I started watching season two, but then I fell asleep. So, um, yeah. But yeah, you guys should watch Jack Ryan. John Krasinski is just like, chef's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, I've been working my way through a list of movies provided by our mutual friend, Tyler. Um, nice. And so, the other day, I watched Whiplash yes! for the first time. Oh. Um, yes, it's such a good movie. Which, yeah, I I really, really enjoyed. Um, like, pretty short movie compared to bloody Return of the King. Movie. Yeah. But, like, only now I 40. Mean, everything is a pretty short <laughs> yeah. compared to that. Life is short compared the to Titanic The Titanic is short compared to that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just thoroughly compelling. Um, like love the main actor and loved, um, but especially loved the um, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, yeah, yeah, as um, as the teacher. Um, it's honestly like during some of the earlier scenes when you realise how much of a psycho he is, I was probably more tense than I would be like watching a st- like a horror film or something <laughs> because it's just like. You, you know it's all psychological yeah, yeah. and like mm-hmm. I mean even before he goes off like well that that's the bit because you you can feel something's wrong and then it's coming even before you know that yeah. it's gonna go off you're like what's what's happening here mm-hmm. something something's going wrong you yeah, know absolutely loved it great great final scene and great acting it's yeah about it for me mm. Nick Nick you're up buddy Nick um so I I've been not watching much new, but it was my mum's birthday on Friday, I think. So happy birthday, Julie. Oh, happy <laughs> and, birthday. Uh, and also, what am I saying? It's Saturday. I should know that. I'm a son. And, uh, <laughs> so basically, <laughs> the family had to watch whatever she wanted. Or that's what the ones who weren't at work did. So when I got home, I joined them and I watched Grease for the first time. Oh, oh what wow. did you think? <laughs> I, it's so good. Is it? <laughs> yes, I, yes, it is. It's it's good. It's good, but I hate everyone in it. Yeah, it's fair. It's, it's <laughs> and I can't the tell. Time. I was watching it. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you can't say that about women. Yeah, think <laughs> yeah. the feminist of the group. Yeah, but like at the time, that was culturally acceptable in the movie. I mean, probably not, but like. Yeah. But I was watching that, I'm like, oh my god, how much of this is parody? I mean, there's a <laughs> None song. Of it. There's a song where a main character yeah. is like, did she like, did you get very far? Did she put up a fight? So it's like, did you rape her or did she just consent? Like, yeah. Oof. Okay, like now that I've actually seen the movie, though, it actually is like that whole song like makes sense. Sort of, yes. I've actually listened to it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so there is he's pretty much just lying about everything, trying to sound like a legend. Mm. And she's, like, just being sincere and truthful to all her friends about how romantic it is. Yep. So I was like, us, oh, that's, that's cute, I suppose. But, yeah. <laughs> Grace. What did you think of the flying car? Oh, yeah, they're definitely dead, right? That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Nice. <laughs> 
Yeah. But um, yeah, otherwise, nothing new to report. I've just been, yeah, chilling. Sick. Watch a bit of Sonic. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> wow. The second, the second one for Sonic today. Someone would think we're getting sponsored or something to say oh, that. Yeah, always if you want to sponsor this oh, podcast. Please give us Oh, they don't have to. I'll say whatever they want for free. If anyone gives me money, I'll, I'll advertise anything. Like, I don't care. I'll sell out for money. <laughs> I'm, I'm easy. Depends how much money. <laughs> oh yeah, you've, obviously it's got to be proportionate to w- an episode. Yeah. It's got to be proportionate to what you want to sell. Like, you got to do a thirty-second. Plus, do we get free products if we're advertising? Depends what it is. I have no idea. I don't think we have. I don't think we're appealing enough to advertisers for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess. I know. Are we going to use a video from this? There's an empty Tui's can on my desk. So. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> There's like a five-month-old chocolate bunny over there. There from is Daryl Lee that we could. <laughs> They have no money. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess we're done. Yeah. Seems like it. I suppose we are. All right. Um, so you can reach us at Watch It Again Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And that person that left that request for Shawshank never answered, so I'm sad. Yeah. Why you son of a bitch. So Did I, it just oh, be I just pressed the wrong button. Um, that's a really sad, sad, sad moment. Um, otherwise, watch it again. Um, podcast at no, watch it again. Pod at gmail dot com. If you want to send us an email. Um, otherwise, oh, did you hear my yeah, I, I did hear that. <laughs> um, everyone had that. Otherwise. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and thank you, James, for coming back again. Yeah, thank you for having you know, me. we're always happy to have you here, and we've had a completely different room set up because Nick's, not Nick's on the computer screen, so he's kind of where <laughs> I usually am because I'm sitting in front of that, and I'm in Nick's chair, and the other two are just in their normal spots. But I, I like it. Right. Yeah. You're part week, of the podcast. All yeah. I'm gonna say is, Nick, you have a really good spot to sit in. <laughs> yeah, like, this is a good part of the room. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Hey, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. Awesome. Anyway, so we will catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I am Jacob. I'm Kat. There's Nick on the internet, aren't you, Nick? I am Nick. And I'm James. <laughs> and James, oh, thanks bye. so much, guys. We'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 Goodbye.